Prepare to experience the strongest radio allowable by law. Secrets will be revealed. Myths dispelled. From the studio gym where excuses never apply. It's Superhuman Radio with your host, Carl Lenore. Welcome back to another episode of Superhuman Radio. Today is every other Thursday, which means it's the Renew Life Rx show. Um, and today we're being joined again with uh, my good friend Ronnie Milo. We have a very, very good discussion today, especially if you have elderly people in your in your family, in your life. And we're going to detail an amazing opportunity for personal trainers and fitness people in general uh, who are suffering because of uh, COVID-19 right now because their gyms have closed down and stuff like that. We'll get into that in just a second. Um, but before we do that, we have to thank our title sponsor here at the show, Legendary.com. Eat, I'm sorry, EatLegendary.com. Legendary Foods has the best seasoned almonds, the freshest, freshest seasoned almonds, first of all. Because you can tell a bad almond. It tastes like latex paint. And good almonds taste like almond. And... At Legendary Foods, they use the best almonds to start out with. Their seasoning is unparalleled. Uh, amazing. Then, of course, there's their nut butters, which I actually use as dessert. A couple tablespoons of nut butters after a meal, and I'm satisfied. because they taste so decadent. You can't believe that there's not sugar in them, and there's not. Uh, and then, of course, the Tasty Pastry, which is a huge winner all around the country. Uh, now available, I believe, in Vitamin Shop. Uh, but if you go to eatlegendary.com, you can get them for 10% off when you use the code SHR. Show them love. Let them know you listen to the show, uh, of course, and thank you. Uh, let's bring my guest on. Let's do this. How you doing? What's up, bud? How you doing, brother? Good. How are you? Good, good, good. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, Adam's been stealing your friggin' light, man. What the hell? That's it. Now, we've been extremely busy. I actually had to hire two other wellness coordinators to help with the load. Uh, So we've been extremely busy. So uh, I'm like, Adam, built my book today. Can you do the show? And he's like, yes, I'll do the show. So he's actually out in California today uh, recording another show. So he says, can you do Carl's show? I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Wait a second. He skipped my show to do somebody else's show? Oh, that ain't right. That ain't. <laughs> Elisa's going to get mad because she hates when I use the word ain't. Just this morning, I said ain't. And she said, yeah. did you just say ain't? And I go, it's a dic- it's a word in the dictionary now. She goes, isn't. I'm like, okay, isn't. Yeah. That's the old Brooklyn in you. Ain't. Use. <laughs> use. Use guys. I remember the first use time me. I said that. I was living in Las Vegas. The first time I ever said it outside of New York, I was uh, working with the client. I was selling him a, a mobile telephone back in the day when a mobile phone was like $5,000. And... And I said, well, you know, use, can you, he's like, did you just say use? <laughs> I still do it. Yeah. I still do it. Yeah. I have to correct myself sometimes. So, excuse me. Elisa also noticed something else about me. Since I've been doing video, I brought the microphone right up to my face. And when I talk a lot of times, I have my hand over my mouth. And she says, why did you, why do you do that? And I realized that I can see myself now. And I'm scary looking. And so I'm trying to, I like, I'm trying to, I, I would put the microphone up here and, my, this, and like, you can just see one eye. I would be very happy if I could do that. Um, but yeah, since I've moved the microphone back, people are telling me the show sounds better. And it was because I just, I want to cover my face when I'm on the air, when I do video. When I'm, when I was just doing audio, I didn't care about it. It didn't matter to me. Right. Nobody could see me. Yeah, people say I have a great face for radio. So I do, I do, I do, I do. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that too because <clears throat> a lot of times, like when I'm in the gym, I'll go back to your old episodes and listen to it, right? And I listened to one last week. Uh, I forgot what the topic was, but you, the, the sound quality, your voice was a little bit higher. You were kind of rushing through some stuff, and uh, now I listen to you now, and it's just like, man, you made some leaps and bounds. But also too. A lot of the stuff that you provided back back in the day is, is valuable information. I think people, if you, if you don't go back into the archives and listen to some of the old you know conversations that you had with some doctors and some some intelligent people, some very valuable information out there. You know, and he, and you are way ahead of the curve. You know what I mean? You're like light years ahead of the curve. And I always go back and reference them too, because also too, and 
I apply a lot of stuff in the day-to-day business with our patients, right? If I hear something from one of your old shows and, you know, or one of your doctors as we're speaking, I'll, I'll reference that. You know what I mean? And people are like, Oh, where'd you hear that from? And I'm like, you know, superhuman radio, Carl wow. and R. So, you know, I, I definitely recommend going back in the archives and there's a lot of shows. There's a definitely a lot of shows and, and pick a couple out and listen to them. It's, it's some, some, some very valuable information. Like I said, you're light years ahead of these people. So awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You, know, yeah. you know, the funny thing about my voice is I, my voice was higher back then. Yeah, and, I, and, and you were you're speaking real fast, too. And I talked really fast. And if you go back and listen to Howard Stern's early years, his mm-hmm. voice was higher and he talked a lot faster. And as he got older, his voice got deeper and raspier and he started talking slower and slower. I don't right. know. I guess it's, um, you know, people see you age. If they mm-hmm. see you day in and day out for 10 years, 15 years, well – they hear me age. They hear my voice change, the cadence of my speech as I've aged. And so they're like, man, your old shows, you, your voice used to be so high. I says, yeah, I know it. I don't know where it came from. It just got deeper. My father's voice got deeper. I guess that's the thickening of the vocal cords or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, you, you're hearing me age over the past 14 years. Absolutely. Yeah, I get that sometimes too when I'm on the phone all day with, with patients. And at the end of the day, I kind of like feel like a little, like I smoked a pack of cigarettes. You know what I mean? Like that raspy, uh, you know, sound. And I catch myself going, sound a little different today. People, you know? like, at, at the end of the day, I'll talk to friends and they'll be like, what was your show about today? Oh, we, we talked about, like today, we talked about, a, you know, aging and exercise. Yeah, well, what would you guys talk about? I'm like, go listen to the show. I'm not going to repeat everything. I just did all that for two for an hour and a half. I just talked for an hour and a half. You want me right. to, like, recite everything? And I think people think I'm a jerk because I'm like, well, just go listen to the show. No, no, just mm-hmm. give me just give me the fine point. No, just go listen to the show. I'm not going to talk about it all over again. I just I just did that, you know? That's funny. Right. Yeah. So today's yeah. show is really important. We have uh, baby boomers out there that are aging, uh, and we have uh, physical uh, personal trainers uh, out there that are starving. And so uh, today's show is for them, for both of these people, uh, valuable information for the older people and valuable information for the personal trainers out there. We're going to talk about two different studies. The first one is called 24-month resistance and endurance training uh, improves muscle size and physical function, but not muscle quality in older adults requiring long-term care. At first glance, that you go, oh, but not muscle quality. It does, it's not about muscle quality. It's about being able to ambulate. It's about being able to get out of a chair. And it's actually about getting stronger, even though you're older. And I think you and I can both agree that the objectives of this study over 24 months were less than heroic. These people mm-hmm. only exercise once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. So talk about it a little bit. Yeah, so basically, the, the, there's two different studies, but the first one that you sent was a, a controlled study on, I guess, the age group from, you have it on the screen there, 76, 76. yeah, average age, yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah, average age. Um, and they did a study of, like you said, you know, one one to two training sessions a week, and then they did uh, electrocardio or electroimaging after that, and then uh, BF uh, a test on that, and they showed a significant increase in the BF quality. Uh, quality meaning that the quality of muscle, not the density of muscle. And uh, it showed that it increased their, you know, their mobility, it increased the, the, the muscle tension, it created, uh, increased a bunch of other different factors that uh, actually help with health and longevity in the elderly. So it was a very, very, uh, very good study, very uh, comprehensive study. They also mentioned a couple of things in that with, uh, you know, obviously sarcopenia, right? And we know that a lot of elderly suffer from sarcopenia. And sarcopenia obviously is a, a breakdown of muscle tissue when you get older, right? But if you look at it in 30,000 feet, right, what causes sarcopenia is lack of, uh, of mobility, lack of exercise, lack of movement. But then also, too, on our aspect of our, our, you know, what we do on a day-to-day basis is lowering of hormones. You know what I mean? And, that, and see, and, that, and I want to talk about that for a second, right? So when we looked at this particular study, the, the changes in strength and function were all positively correlated, even against the control group, with the 76-year-old average age group that was doing resistance training. Mm-hmm. And I was as soon as I read the study and I looked at it, I thought, yeah, but if they would have added sex hormones, now we would have seen, we would have actually seen uh, change, structural changes in the muscle that would have contributed to muscle quality, which they said really wasn't there. They, they, they got stronger. The muscle mm-hmm. got bigger, but the quality of the muscle 
didn't improve. And I think you're right on the money with what you just said. And that's because the missing piece was the hormones that mm-hmm. tell the muscles you're still young. You can do this. Right. But also, too, if you look at it, any kind of exercise resistance or exercise activity will increase natural testosterone production and, and uh, growth hormone production. Right. So it's, they kind of both work together. And that's why they're starting to see a, a different increase of muscle thickness, because they're probably elevating their hormones to a point that it's increasing muscle protein synthesis. Obviously, it's increasing new muscle fibers. It's increasing other different factors that are, are contributing to that. And then they're st- starting to see more of a quality of, uh, of life. Same with osteoarthritis, right? Osteoarthritis is. Uh, well, I, I, don't want, I don't want to get too into osteoarthritis. I want to save that because we're actually going to talk about a study se- separately about osteoarthritis because the number one reason that elderly people don't exercise is they say I, they have arthritis and it hurts to exercise. I want to talk about that. I want to save that. I, I don't want to give that any okay. of that away yet. But, but I, do want to, I do want to talk about something else. You talk about osteopenia. Mm-hmm. Osteopenia is associated with insulin resistance because we mm-hmm. know, you know, like I've said on this show for years, muscle is metabolic currency. I said that on purpose, not by accident, because the more muscle you have, the more metabolically flexible you will be. And the mm-hmm. more metabolically flexible you are, the less likely you are to start to develop uh, metabolic derangement like insulin resistance, for instance. Mm-hmm. And the more muscle you carry the less likely you are to become insulin resistant. So as you're losing muscle, the thing that burns the most calories, even sitting still, uh, you are now starting to invite insulin resistance, which ends up being type 2 diabetes. That's, a, that's, an, unspoken, that's an unspoken component of the, 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 the value of maintaining muscle as you age. Mm-hmm. Also, I mean, look at you know osteoporosis and osteopenia. I mean, that's down regulation of bone mineral density, but that also connects to the hormones, right? Because once the hormones decline, the the bones stop making minerals, and then obviously the the bones become very uh, very um, brittle, uh, brittle. Yeah, and uh, that's when you said osteopenia and osteoporosis. Now we have people that come into clinic that already been diagnosed with osteopenia or osteoporosis. We look at their hormones; their hormones are in the tank. We put them on some kind of hormone replacement therapy. Within six to eight weeks, they get uh, uh, an increase in value, and then they go back to their doctor and they think, "Well, how, how did you beat your osteoporosis or osteopenia?" That's because we increased the uh, the hormones, right? So it all connects to each other. It's all like the whole cascading system. So interestingly enough, osteopenia and osteoporosis are are correlated because mm-hmm. the stronger your muscles are the more your body makes the bones stronger, mm-hmm. okay? It up, so the more horsepower, if you put a if you put a 1,000-horsepower engine in an old Vega, the first hole shot, you're going to twist it, twist the entire chassis because the chassis was never made to handle 1,000 horsepower. Well, mm-hmm. the same is true of your body. As you gradually get stronger, signals to bone increase to reabsorb and get thicker and stronger. This is part of the correlationship between muscle and 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 the skeletal system you don't have to be an old person to understand this value gwyneth paltrow uh, five years ago had hairline fractures in her her shin bones and and you know she's a quasi vegan Uh, she doesn't believe you know she trains with that tracy girl who doesn't believe that women should lift more than a five pound dumbbell well sure if you are not loading the muscles and you are not loading the skeletal system, the body thinks all this extra bone is is unnecessary and you literally start to erode. And just mm-hmm. a simple thing, I remember reading a study probably 10 years ago that showed that regular twice a week bouts of squatting was more effective at increasing hip bone density then hormone replacement therapy. Now think about that for a second. In women that were postmenopausal, they had two groups, one that trained specifically in the squat and one that was on, unfortunately, you know, uh, Premarin, Prempro, and, you know, crap like that. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, the ones that were squatting without HRT saw a greater increase in bone mineral density than the ones that were on hormone replacement therapy. Now, they work hand in hand, but mm-hmm. we have forgotten that for millions of years, we were designed to, 
to toil, to work hard, to expend energy. It's, it's estimated that hunter-gatherer populations, they burn through 15,000 calories a day. We're, we're being told don't eat more than 2,000 calories a day. Yeah, because we are basically sedentary compared to what we're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So we have to remember this is not – this message, while we're talking about elderly people specifically – this is not just elderly people. If you're in your 30s, you're a woman or a man, and you are not regularly training, resistance training, I don't care if it's body weight or whatever, you are losing muscle and you are losing bone. And it will catch up with you at some point in time. Well, so you did a show back, I don't know, remember what it was, about uh, hip mobility and the elderly and by doing squats or, or some kind of deadlift. And it showed that more increase in mobility – it increased uh, increased more um, uh, vitality in people, and then actually, I think you you know to your quote, it was uh, kept them out of the nursing home. Yes, you know I mean? yes, so. and that so that and that's really the focus here too. Both of the studies we're talking about today, when taken together, are designed to keep you out of the nursing home. Mm. I've said on this show at least a thousand times, especially with women. Women outlive men by seven to 10 years, but women end up in institutions. And why? Because they try to get out of the chair one day and they fall. And after a couple times of that, the kids go, mom, you can't live on your own anymore. We got to put you in a nursing home. So if you don't want to go in a nursing home, you have to maintain strength. It's not easy as you get older. Trust me, I'm 62 years old. I feel it. I'm, I don't feel like training as much. I don't respond to training as well. That's going to change very shortly. But anyway, you you start to like lose interest in doing these things. And there's always been the discussion, uh, do we age because we stop moving or do we stop moving because we age? And I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, nothing truer than what I'm about to say. You age because you stop moving. Because if you stay in motion and you stay strong, you will not age. I used to say stronger is younger. If you're stronger today than you were yesterday, you're friggin' younger. I don't give a damn what any doctor says. You are younger. So they looked at physical performance in this particular study. And what they looked at was the uh, 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 the power produced by the uh, extending the knee, like a, like a, a, a leg extension. And also the five-minute walk test, which is very, very common today. The faster you walk, the longer you're going to live. There's a study that shows that. If you're one of these people who, who shuffles along, you ain't got long to go. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have chronic pain and I walk fast. I have terrible pain in my legs from, from who knows what at this point in time. And I still walk fast. If you walk fast, you're going to live longer. They've correlated that. Just like the hand grip and the and length of life, the, 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 the quadriceps strength and the length of life, it's all legit. Mm-hmm. But then the other thing they looked at, was the ability to sit and stand on command, how long it took you and how stable you were once you became erect. All of these things were improved in the group that only trained once or twice a week for 24 mm. months. Just once or twice. Imagine if they, if, um, now, imagine if they worked with real, resist, real personal trainers who understood how to build strength and real progressive overload that isn't dangerous for these people. Imagine what happened. What they did in 24 months probably could actually be done in three or four months, and you would just get stronger and stronger from there. Right. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And it's funny you say that because <clears throat> when you send this, these articles over to me this morning, the first thing that popped in my mind is I go to the gym at 5 o'clock in the morning. There is a 96-year-old man. His name is Al. He goes to the gym every day and he trains. And he tells you he's 96. But then he tells you that he talks to all his other friends that are 96 and they don't want to move. They're, 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 they're depressed. They don't want to do anything. And then he, you know, and he's like, well, I tell him to come to the gym. And he's like, for what? You know, they tell him for what? And he's like, you just got to be active. Now I'll tell you, when you talk to this guy, it, it doesn't, you, you don't, you never think he's 96. He's always happy. He's always moving around. He's always doing stuff. And actually when the, when the pandemic hit and then all the gyms were closed, I checked on him and he said he wasn't doing very well because he wasn't able to train. Wasn't able so, to train. Yeah. Dude, I felt so horrible after two months of not training. It's just ridiculous. All I kept saying to Elisa was, if this goes on much longer, it's going to kill me. I really meant no. that. I even said it on the air one day. If I die, it's not because of anabolic steroids. It's because I haven't been to the gym in, in two months now. 
I mm. felt terrible. And now I'm getting to the gym and I actually feel better already. So I know that yeah. it will just get better from there. Uh, yeah, when they look, good, I'm sorry. People. What's that? I think it affects a lot of people when they started closing the gyms. Yeah. The percentage so. of change of knee extension peak torque explained the percentage of change in the size of the, the rectus femoris muscle, which basically is saying these individuals got stronger, their muscles got stronger, their muscles got thicker. And so this is the op- This is why I say stronger is younger, because if aging is associated with osteopenia, muscles breaking down and shrinking, osteoporosis, bones shrinking and becoming demineralized, then if you're reversing that, if you're getting stronger, your muscles are getting bigger and your bones are getting more dense, then you're you're not aging, not in the mm-hmm. classic sense of aging. Right, and, and you know, and nobody, nobody in the anti-aging community talks about this stuff. They don't talk about this stuff. They don't talk about the value of hard work. You know why? Because I can't sell you something. I can't sell you a magic potion. I can't sell mm-hmm. you a telomere uh, a lengthening pill. No, because you could do all this on your own. You could do it in your backyard if you're disciplined. I'm not disciplined. I have to go to the gym. I love going to the gym. There's something about I'm more inspired to lift heavy when I know other people are around me. Okay, so I'm flawed as a human being. What can I say? But the bottom line is you don't have to sell me anything. I can stay younger and get younger every single day I go to the gym. Right. That's the, that's the case, too, is like when you know, the, you know, the patients are having these kind of issues, they go to their physician. The physician doesn't talk about nutrition, doesn't talk about training. They just give them a pill, right? They give them a pill, here's your fix, and then, you know, call it a day. But that's not fixing the problem. This is masking the problem. So fixing the problem is actually doing what we do, obviously, is promoting, uh, you know, any physical activity. Uh, checking your hormones, obviously, is important, and obviously nutrition as well, you know, and they don't want to cover that, right? Because, like you said, they want to sell you something. And the conclusions of this, let me back up. So uh, the twenty the twenty four month training induced muscle hypertrophy and improved phys- physical function, which is what we want with older people. This mm-hmm. means that they're getting younger. That's it, folks. That's it. And on top of that, they even came to the point of conclusion that improving their strength potentially could reduce the need for long term care in older adults. So if you are scared. I know people who are afraid to go into nursing homes. They tell me, I don't want to go into a nursing home. They treat you like crap. They beat you. They, yes, you're right. They do all these horrible things in nursing homes, even the good ones. If you mm. don't want to go in a nursing home, get your ass up and start training. Don't, com- don't tell me. Don't cry to me. Don't tell me that you don't want to go to the nursing home, and then you also don't want to get up and move. Don't tell me that. Mm. You can't have both right. of them. You've got to make a choice. Which one is it going to be? Well, well, let me ask you this. You know, you're you're in the 60s, right? How many of your friends are in the same age bracket that don't train that look significantly older than you? No. You know what I mean? I have, I have a lot of friends who are on a lot of medications. I have a mm-hmm. lot of friends that are diabetic. I have a, and, and I have friends who think they're healthy because they run five miles a day. But they literally mm-hmm. waste – I'm watching them waste away. I, I, I got one friend, very good friend. I care about him. I've tried to talk to him about, you know, splitting up his – his running with his resistance training. He says he goes to the gym, but he's not doing progressive overload. See, what people don't understand is you go to the gym and you're using the same weight day in and day out for years. You're not getting stronger. And in fact, you may not even be retarding your, your muscle loss because the body adapts and wants to get rid of the extra muscle, looks at muscle as, as, as a very, very expensive uh, thing to have to manage calorically. But if you understand the tenets of progressive overload – Increasing the weight you're handling slowly, increasing the, 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 the volume of work you're doing slowly. It's, it's, it's not a sprint. It's a lifelong race. If, if you're, every day you're adding a rep, you're adding a quarter pound, you're recording it, you're keeping track of it, you're really meticulous about progressive overload, then you're going to maintain your muscle. I mean, look, I didn't train for two months, but if you looked at me, you wouldn't think you would look at me and go, holy crap, this guy has got a lot of muscle on him. Yeah, it takes longer than two months for it to go away. Now, the acute effects where I felt like crap, there's no doubt about that. But the reality is it takes a long time to build muscle. It takes a long time to lose muscle. But these guys who are just running all day long, they think that is what it's all about, just run, run, run. I'm watching this guy wither away. He's got no shoulders anymore. He's got this little – his neck goes and then it just slopes right down. And he's always got a little pooch of fat, so he's not mm-hmm. super lean because he has no muscle left. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he's burning muscle for energy, A, and then his body's under significant stress, so he's releasing that cortisol, so that you see that uh, a massive amount of uh, adipose tissue in the lower abdominal area. You know what I mean? Right off the bat. Um, so Jeff Clifton makes a really important point. The medical orthodoxy doesn't see the value in the things we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. And if they did, insurance companies would pay personal trainers because personal trainers would take insured people and make them less dependent on using their insurance, which in turn would be more profits for the insurance companies. Think about, think about like, Elisa and I, the only thing I spend money on if I'm not tearing a muscle, which has happened a few times, but not overall my, my life, the only thing I'm spending money on is, is every year I get tests. I pay for my own testosterone because the insurance company doesn't cover it. I mean, they do cover my thyroid hormone, but I've actually stopped using thyroid hormone about Two months ago, I just stopped. I keep filling my prescriptions because mm-hmm. I figure, well, maybe someday I'll use it. I've got like five full bottles of Armour Thyroid, but I've mm-hmm. cut my, my thyroid hormone out because I just didn't feel like I needed it anymore. And I thought, let me see. And sure enough, it has not affected me at all. But imagine the impact on insurance companies' profitability if they paid more attention and they funded personal trainers to work with people, which is exactly what I'm suggesting at the end of today's show. At the end of the day, it's hard to swallow dumbbells and barbells. I guess that's true if you can't eat them. <laughs> I think that's it. And, and I'm sorry for those of you who um, just see, see Facebook user. For some reason, your security settings are not letting uh, StreamYard uh, pass your name along. So feel free to comment here and put your name down that you said this so we can at least uh, give you credit for that. Well, I want to touch real quick on, on Jeff Clifton's, uh, uh, you know, question. Okay, I let do, me go back to that. Let me go back to that. Hold on a second. Let's get yeah, no problem. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I do know, because my gym does it, is they have a program called Silver Sneakers. Yeah. That it, it's a program for the elderly. And I think the insurance company pays the gym. I'm not familiar of how yes. much they get, but they do pay them monthly to provide that class. Yes. So I think that's the only thing that I know. But, yeah, to his well, point. That, what, mean, they, what, they, what Silver Sneakers does is insurance companies like Anthem and – uh, and Humana have a, a you can go to just about you go to any gym in your city just about because they all participate for free or for like four dollars a month or something like that. But all they're covering is the gym membership. Mm-hmm. They they need to cover personal trainers too because mm-hmm. just because you have a gym membership and just because you can sit down at a machine. Doesn't know doesn't mean a you know how to use that machine, and doesn't mean b you understand the tenets of safe pro- progressive overload that's going to actually make you stronger. That takes a person. You know, I can pick up a scalpel, and I can even cut something with it, but I can't remove somebody's appendix. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It takes a little yeah. education, and he, he's mm-hmm. right. The insurance companies really do need to start paying attention to this because it's in their own best interest. They'll be more profitable. They'll be paying for less surgeries. They'll be paying for less... Uh, um, oh, hold on a second. Things are running away from here. They'll be paying for less surgeries. I'm sorry about that. They, I, I'm running on a clock now like I used to do when I was with Clear Channel. Yeah. And they'll be paying for less drugs, less medications for, for type 2 diabetes and stuff like that. And and again, my buddy who who, who runs incessantly... He takes diabetes medication and blood pressure medication, which tells you that what he's doing is not working. So it's, mm-hmm. it's not just a matter of, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go out there and do this and do that. You you need some help. You need people who understand this to show you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about another study. Because the number one reason that elderly people cite for not doing exercise is it hurts. And the number one thing that they complain about is joint pain or osteoarthritis. So we're going to look at a study now that shows that the best thing you can do for your osteoarthritis is counterintuitive. It's get to the gym. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. (laughs) 
Do you remember those delicious toaster pastries you had when you were a kid? You know, the rectangular sugar-filled snacks? Well, guess what? Legendary Foods has just made low-carb toaster pastry. This is the first of its kind, and honestly, these things are amazing. They have three to four net carb, less than one gram of sugar, and nine grams of protein. You can eat them right out of the wrapper or lightly toast them. The only question is, which flavor? Strawberry or brown sugar cinnamon? They're available at eatlegendary.com and Amazon. You've heard me talk about the chill pill on the show and how effective it is at helping people who suffer from social anxiety or sometimes when you just want to take the edge off uh, to a long, stressful day. Well, listen to this story from Dylan Goutreau. Definitely takes anxiety away, which I have a long history of. Having started out at two milligrams a day of Xanax, that was at eight years old, and so I stopped using benzos three years ago. Extremely difficult. Yeah, so I spent about three years trying to find anything and everything I could that would be healthy for me um, to help with anxiety. Because I'm talking, you know, full bull out panic attack. The the chill pill was the first thing that I've found that actually, in the middle of a panic attack, I can take, and it definitely uh, subsides. Go to drseeds.com. That's D rseeds.com use coupon code shr and save 20% off your first bottle of the chill pill check it out i promise this is one supplement that delivers I love beef, and if you love beef, listen up. I've discovered the best-tasting beef in the world, and that's not an exaggeration, at Piedmontese.com. The Piedmontese breed is famous from Italy for being lean and unbelievably tender with half the fat and calories of traditional beef. Even typically tough cuts are tender when it comes from the Piedmontese cows. And for the first time ever, Piedmontese cows are being raised here in the USA. Get two free 10-ounce New York strips when you purchase $50 or more at Piedmontese.com with code SHR. Go to P-I-E-D-M-O-N-T-E-S-E.com and use code SHR today. You will never eat any other type of beef ever again. Are you a fan of the low-carb lifestyle? Having trouble getting fat adapted on your keto diet? Feel like your digestion has stalled? Now there's Capex. Capex increases fat loss and energy on any low-carb, no-carb diet, all while improving digestion. Capex boosts AMPK in muscles by 52% and fat cells by 300%. Capex increases ATP in your liver by 22%, a key part of energy production, all while revving up the fat-burning hormone adiponectin by a whopping. 248%. Nothing works like Capex, and now you can get Capex for up to 42% off by going to kenergize.com slash SHR and choosing one of the purchase options and using the code SHR. That's K-E-N-E-R-G-I-Z-E dot com slash SHR and code SHR. Whether your goal is to build muscle or burn fat, you'll find everything you need at Redcon 1. Need help getting a good night's sleep? Try Fade Out or the most popular pre-work out supplement on the market today, Total War. Sign up for their new transformation challenge and win $10,000 or shop for apparel that people at the gym will know that you are serious about your training. Need a testosterone booster that works? Check out Boomstick. Whatever you need, you'll find the best quality supplements on the market at Redcon 1. Go to Redcon1.com That's R-E-D-C-O-N the number 1.com or go to superhumanradio.net and click the Redcon 1 banner ad today. You've heard about blood flow restricted training since 2006 on SHR, but you're still on the fence. Well, here's the push. BFR is more effective at building muscle than anabolic steroids. That's right. I went there, but it's because it's the truth. My experience with the B-Strong blood flow restriction system is proof to me. And now I'm asking myself why I waited so long. You'll see undeniable changes in the targeted muscles in days and weeks like nothing you've ever tried before. I will never stop using them. Give B-Strong a try. Go to B-S-T-R-O-N-G dot training forward slash super hyphen human and use code SHR for 10% off. You're listening to the Superhuman Channel. Don't hate us because we feel good. Welcome back. I want to put this up real quick. David Elliston, uh, who is uh, watching the show on uh, YouTube, says he lives in Canada. A friend of his is a personal trainer, and he goes to senior homes and trains them, and the government pays him for that. Smart. Yeah, very Canada's, smart. Canada's ahead of us on that one. That's We yeah. can tear a page out of their book, and we can learn something. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. So 
the next study we're going to talk about, if I can get here fast enough, is uh, strength training in older adults and how it affects osteoarthritis. This was a, this was a review, a meta-analysis, I guess, or a review of existing studies. What they looked at, they looked at randomized control trials of progressive resistance training by older people and its effect directly on osteoarthritis. Eight studies made it into uh, the analysis, and they looked at lower body extensor strength. And why is this important? Because, like I said before, and like I've said a thousand times before, if you can't get out of a chair, if you can't stand up straight, and you start falling down, you're going to go into an institution because nobody's going to leave you in your home laying on the floor waiting to die. Mm-hmm. And they looked at, not only did they look at strength, um, but they looked at function and pain reduction specifically, and they saw a significant to moderate pain reduction in all of these scores. When they looked at the pain reduction alone, it suggested that resistance training particularly uh, has strong functional benefits for adults with osteoarthritis, not only from the standpoint of they got stronger and more stable, but their pain went away. This is counterintuitive, right? If you ask an old person who's got painful knees and you say, you know, you need to exercise it. Oh, no, my knees will hurt me. They'll get worse. No, that's not true. It, it actually shows in research that the pain gets easier and more tolerable. And I'll t- I can tell you firsthand, I have a lot of knee issues because I was a catcher playing baseball, plus obviously bodybuilding. If I don't train my legs, I miss a le- you know a leg day, uh, my knee starts to really aggravate me, like throbbing pain. If I do train, I have no issues. So to that point, you know, training – uh, that actually helps decrease the pain. You know what I mean? I don't know if you had any experiences with that, but for me, it, it definitely helps. I My legs hurt me for a variety of reasons. And when I don't train them, they hurt so much more. Yeah, exactly. When I train them for three days, they feel better. Around yeah. the fourth day, they start getting stiff and painful again. I only train them once a week right now because I'm just getting back into the gym. But I think my body wants to train legs a couple times. Now, here's another thing that training your legs does. There's a lot of evidence that neuropathies are not what we thought they were from glycation of high blood sugar, but instead vasculature closing down. Mm -hmm. When you were a kid, if you sat on your leg and you stood up and it was asleep, and then as it started to come back, you had a moment where it was actually painful. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, you feel things again. Well, we're starting to understand that the microvasculature that feeds the nerves closes off, and you're in this limbo zone of the, the, the foot is almost a fall asleep and isn't, so it hurts all the time. Well, mm-hmm. we know that if you get into the gym and you do leg presses, even with light weight, what happens? You get a pump. Mm-hmm. Well, what is the pump doing? It's forcing blood into the tissue in the leg. Well, what does that do? That makes those small little blood vessels open up because the pressure is going, oh. And if you do that two or three times a week, guess what? All of a sudden Mm -hmm. you notice, my neuropathy feels so much better. But how do you get somebody who has pain in their legs to train when they think it's just going to be more pain? It's not more pain. Right. Also, too, it increases synovial fluid, which is lubrication of the joint. So it decreases the pain as well. Because when I, when I train legs, I have to warm up my knees very well. I get on the bike for about five minutes to keep the, the blood in there, the synovial fluid going. And then I do some kind of sort of hybrid squat with no weights just to get the, the blood, like you said, the blood into the muscle and into, into the to ligaments in the joints. And then I could do a full leg day with no issues. So it's very important, obviously, to, to, to move that joint to get the blood in there, obviously, and to get the synovial fluid in there so your body's ready to, to, to uh, you know, accept the load. And you don't and, – and for those of you who have severe leg pain and you think to yourself, I can't go into the gym and start leg pressing and leg extensions and all that sort of stuff, even with a personal trainer, that's fine. Start walking. Mm-hmm. Walk right. a half hour a day. Bump it up to 45 minutes a day. Bump it up mm-hmm. to an hour a day. You know, Mark Bell – who is a super strong dude, power lifter, wrestler. The guy is just, he's, he's intense. He's so strong. But he has made a friend of walking. Mark loves to walk now. He talks about, if you have lower back problems, you know what the best two things you can do for your lower back? 
walking and planking. Mm-hmm. Walking has been shown to completely correct uh, L4, L5, S1 compression because mm-hmm. your hips move like this and you push off so it springs and you do that for a half hour and all of a sudden those discs become decompressed. You do that mm-hmm. every single day, they become decompressed more. You do that for weeks on end, you go, oh my God, my back doesn't hurt. You know, I did something very stupid one time. I did under-the-seat shrugs. Oh. <laughs> okay? This is when I was living in, in Phoenix. I was jacked. I mean, I was doing two grams of test, a gram of DECA. I was doing 600 milligrams of trend. This is when I was my strongest. It really was. And I could thought I could do any. I was doing reverse hack squats literally with 800 pounds on the, on the hack squat machine. Mm-hmm. And I was doing it for – I mean, I was so strong then. But my body really – wasn't ready for that work. Mm-hmm. It really wasn't. I disrespected my body and I ended up injuries. Right. Yeah. So I got down, I was doing, uh, cause I thought, Oh yeah, I'm going to do those, uh, shrugs under the seat. And so I think I had, I don't know if I had 500 pounds on it and I'm shrugging away. I did three sets of it, you know? So every time I would have to bend down and grab the bar and then I would sit up with it and have my shoulders roll back so that I could shrug with it. I ended up compressing L4 and L5 so badly that I went to sleep that night. The next morning I woke up, my right leg was like a dead fish. Mm-hmm. I'm oh, not yeah. kidding. I couldn't walk. Like when I did walk, my foot would drop. I was like, oh my God, what did I do? Well, mm-hmm. after I started doing research, I realized I had compressed sciatic nerve completely coming out of that L4, L5 area. And at that time, I lost my car in the divorce. <laughs> so I was relegated to walking everywhere. Now, I was told by three people that my leg would never get better. It would get marginally better, but that was it. I, I had destroyed this nerve. and they would. Do you know I had to walk to the gym, Pure Fitness, on McClintock uh, Road. was a, uh, was a, uh, a mile there and a mile back. I walked to the gym, trained, and walked home every single day. And in about three months, my leg was back to normal. My foot didn't drop anymore. And I was told that, that I was sunk. I was told, this is it. You, 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 you crushed a nerve. It's never going to come back. Because of the severity of it. They wanted to cut you open, right? That's what he said. He said, you're going to have to get back surgery. We got we to gotta do a laminectomy, they said. A lam- mm-hmm. I'll never forget. I was, what's a laminectomy? We, we cut the, uh, the ligaments on the two vertebrae so that they can separate. And I said, well, you know, how, how severe of a surgery is this? Well, you're probably going to end up with, you know, back problems for the rest of your life. I have, no, I have, I have back problems now, but they're not, there's nothing I can't manage for the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. Walking. I was oh, yeah. forced by Judge George to walk, and indirectly he saved me because I had to walk everywhere, and that corrected my back. Later on, I had Stu McGill on the show who wrote the book, um, Fix Your Own Back, and he said the, the number one thing to fix a lower back problem is walk, but nobody wants to walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, walking has a whole host of benefits. I mean, it lowers blood pressure, lowers stress levels, lowers your heart rate. I mean, it actually helps fix your back. Uh, it helps with, uh, you know, knee mobility, knee joint pain. It's uh, walking's phenomenal. I tell a lot of my patients to walk. And Stu said if you have really bad back problems, walking with a backpack with maybe five or six pounds in it, is mm-hmm. actually even better because when it pulls your shoulder back, it returns that natural curve in the spine. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't, yeah. load, don't load it up. Don't put 60 pounds in there. But just enough weight where you, you feel it pull you just a little bit back. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I have I take an aquarium sand. I wrap it up in a garbage bag with duct tape, put it in a backpack, and I have a, a golf course that I live on. I walk around the golf course, uh, and after that, my back feels amazing. These little tweaks all revolve around what? Movement. But what <laughs> exactly. do people do when they have pain? Don't, Don't move. move. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like, sure, you're going to, you're going to be horrible. You're going to feel terrible. Sure. Your back is going to bother you more. Sure. You're going to be miserable. Get mm-hmm. up and move, walk, make friends with walking. So I want to, I want to post this and then we're going to take our last commercial break. So this study concluded that clinicians should encourage participant to participation exercise programs even in elderly with osteoarthritis because Mm -hmm. it actually improves everything it improves everything 
But here's the problem. The problem is the divide between clinicians and personal trainers, but this is also the area of opportunity. So if you just stay with us for a a couple minutes, I promise you that we're going to discuss an approach that if you're a personal trainer and you're feeling the the, the cringe right now from from COVID, your gym is closed, uh, people don't want you to train with them anymore because they're afraid of catching something, there's there's something that you could do to actually jumpstart business. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more of the Renew Life Rx Show. Men and women, you've heard about hormone optimization. Do you feel like it's something you want to look into? RenewLifeRx.com is the place to start. Their doctors can help you with the solutions. RenewLifeRx.com has a simple process for lab work, consultation, and taking a deep dive into where your hormone levels can be improved. Superhuman radio listeners get 30% off your initial lab work and consultation. Go to RenewLifeRx.com to schedule your no-obligation phone consultation today. Feel younger, get in better shape, and be more productive. Productive at RenewLifeRx.com. Imagine if you had a digital twin, one that you could compare your own health and fitness outcomes to, one that showed you whether or not the things you're doing, food you're eating, or drinks you're drinking are actually working for you or against you. Well, now you can. The first ever advanced epigenetic saliva test that compares 20 million different data points of your DNA to help predict what is aging you faster or keeping you younger is being introduced to my audience at a 70% discount from the normal price. Go to seeds.md slash epigenetic dash test today to learn how to get your own digital twin that will help you take the steps to live longer and stay stronger. Don't wait because this is a limited time offer not available anywhere else. Once these tests are gone, they're gone. Again, go to seeds.md slash epigenetic dash test today to learn more. Quest Nutrition makes bars, cookies, chips, and pizzas out of complete dairy-based proteins. Our products minimize net carbs and sugar without sacrificing taste. Each delicious chocolate-flavored chip, cookie chunk, and crunchy crumble is custom-made to maintain Quest macros. It's time to enjoy foods that work for you, not against you. It's time to enjoy your Quest. Are you still on the fence about body protection complex BPC Oral from DrSeeds.com? Listen to Maggie Kuhn, one of the owners of the C-Bus Lifting Company Gym in Columbus, Ohio. I had been having some nagging tendon issues that weren't injuries, just, just things that were annoying. You know, I'm 58 years old, so it just older tendon kind of issues. For us powerlifters, you know, we really don't stop training when we have just nagging issues. We just kind of keep pushing through. And I started the BPC. What I noticed was I was doing some heavy tricep stuff that um, that would have killed me um, before when I had an elbow problem, and I was able to do this with literally no pain at all. Go to DrSeeds.com, D-R-S-E-E-D-S.com. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your bottle of BPC Body Protection Complex today. Quest Nutrition makes bar cookies, chips, and pizzas out of complete dairy-based proteins. Our products minimize net carbs and sugar without sacrificing taste. Each delicious chocolate-flavored chip, cookie chunk, and crunchy crumble is custom-made to maintain Quest macros. It's time to enjoy foods that work for you, not against you. It's time to enjoy your Quest. Hey, this is Carl. For 14 years, you've heard me talk about Can-See Eye Drops, and they being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at now 61 years old. But I regularly get emails and messages from people who've been using Can-See and having some amazing results. Recently, I got an email from a fellow named Chad, who, because he was on dexamethasone eye drops for over six months developed a cataract. Can-see eye drops actually reduced my cataract to the point where even my doctor has a hard time finding it. I will never stop using Can-see eye drops twice a day. I've been using them since 2008, he says. And you should be too. There is no better way to keep your eyes healthy and seeing clearly than Can-see eye drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com today and get on board and we will both be looking into the future with very clear vision. This is the Superhuman Channel, doing reps with the weight of the world. Welcome back. I keep wanting to pull the microphone to me. Uh, Welcome back uh, to the Renew Life Rx show with uh, Ronnie Milo. By the way, if you are contemplating hormone replacement therapy or you would like to work with a clinic that is sensitive to real anti-aging, 
Most people think anti-aging is about your skin. You look up anti-aging, you find plastic surgeons galore. But if you really want to age better, not develop age-related diseases, the place to start is RenewLifeRx.com. Go there and ask for a consultation. It doesn't cost anything to make a phone call. And if you decide to use them and you use the code SHR, you'll save 20% off your lab costs. So check them out. Show them some love. Um, Jeff Clifton says, doing this barefoot in the grass and in the sun, a trifecta. He's absolutely right. We're, we're, people are way too afraid of the sun. The sun is amazing. And there is a lot to grounding. A lot of people don't want to they, they, they don't want to believe it, but I, I didn't believe it until I was at Quest once and we had a dark field microscope and checked people's blood before grounding and after grounding. And there's a phenomenon called the Rouleau effect, where red blood cells stack up like casino chips. When they stack up like that, they have less blood uh, oxygen delivery capacity because the surface areas are all covered. They also can increase thrombotic index or clotting in small blood vessels. And after 15 minutes of grounding, all the red blood cells were end-to-end again. This was in several people. It was, I, I always thought grounding was BS. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's BS anymore. So I, I agree with Jeff Clifton. Okay, so here's the problem. There's a divide, a chasm, if you will, between clinicians and personal trainers. So... What do you do? This is actually an opportunity. So personal trainers and the gym industry have suffered during the pandemic. Get out there armed with this information. I'll post the two studies in today's show. Download them. Take them. Use them as you want. Reach out to chiropractors and doctor's offices. Send them these two studies. Say, hey, I am, I am a personal trainer. I would love to work with you. You can refer people to me, and I will work with them. And on top of that, lay out a plan that shows them that you're not going to have elderly people doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing, like maxing out on deadlifts or something. I mean, they could learn to deadlift over a course of a year or two and gradually build up. Lay out a plan. Say, here's what we do. We assess the person's mobility. We assess the person's strength level. We approach it with body weight work first. Then we add resistance bands, and then only after the person feels good about it and, 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 and safe about it will we then move it to uh, free weights or, or weights or machines. Lay out a plan. Send it to them. Don't be afraid, oh, they're going to copy. If I send them this plan, they're just going to use it. They're not going to use it because doctors could be buying books on personal training now and, and having people in their office to do it. They don't want it. They don't want the liability of it. They don't want to have, have to manage it. They don't know anything about it. Lay out a plan, send it to the doctor, and more harm than good. It's supposed to be than good. There's a typo there. I'm sorry about that. Um, also, if you have a personal training certificate, send them that too. It shows that you're a professional. We want to go to doctors that have been to medical school and have passed the board exam, right? So why, why would a doctor want to recommend somebody who, granted, may be a very talented personal trainer but hasn't invested the money into themselves to be accredited and certified? So send them a copy of your, your certification and accreditation. And more importantly, don't worry about the gyms because this is an ideal market for we-come-to-you personal trainers. You don't need a van. Right, you need some some bands. You maybe need some little, very very light dumbbells, some very very light uh, kettlebells, and you can go to them, train in their backyard on the grass. Like even do that with them. Take your shoes off, get it in the grass with them. So mm-hmm. they ground. Tell them the value of grounding, the value of sunlight. Take these people, come to them. They're the prime audience that wants people to come to them and work with them. Turn this into an opportunity, and not only. Will you make some money? But you'll actually help some people who will fall in love with you. They'll love you because after working with you for a couple months, they're going to tell all their friends about how they couldn't get out of the chair and now they're reaching for things at the top cabinet. Thanks to so-and-so, you should work with him or work with her. There's a real big opportunity here for those who want to step out and do it. Right. I want to add something, too, to that. <clears throat> I live in Florida. Everybody has a pool, right? 
you you can go into the pool and do a lot of cool stuff with elderly in the pool because it's not impacting on their joints as much. Uh, I know I personally take my kids that, uh, you know, I coach baseball and I stick them in a pool and they tell me that's the hardest workout they've ever done. But to that point, if they have a pool, you know, go, or a community pool, you know, that's that's a very, very valuable tool to use, uh, you know, uh, water training. So there you go. This is taking lemons and turning it into lemonade. And I hope some of you really grab onto this and do something, not for yourself, but for the people that you'll help. That really is the the value of this. Okay, we're going to close today's show with talking about something that is completely off topic. But I just found out that Ronnie and I share this in background. When I was a kid, my father was, I'm going to use the language. My father mumbled pigeons, right? We called them pigeon mumblers, right? Mm -hmm. My father had a had a um, uh, cage, if you will, pigeon coop? The, uh, a, 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 a pigeon coop on the roof. And we had pigeons and he would exercise them. He had a big, long bamboo pole with a white flag on it. They let him out and he would go circular like this and they would do laps around the building. Mm-hmm. And they had homing pigeons. And what they would do is they would go all the way upstate New York and they would have a clock. It had, uh, a, 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 they would lock it hit it and lock it and then the person at your home base would have a clock and when the pigeon arrived they would hit and then we'd see whose pigeon got home fastest mm-hmm. and we were talking and, and ronnie said yeah my dad and i we used to have pigeons too and you think that's yeah. a, that's just brooklyn because mike tyson had pigeons no, yeah. yeah we still have them we still have them. my dad has a coop in the backyard we got about uh, 20 birds we got a uh, mix between homers and tumblers and uh, we used to race them when I was a young kid. And I actually used to bring them to school for uh, show and tell. And then I would show the pigeon off and I would let it go and it'd fly home. Uh, so uh, I still have them. I still remember when I was a young kid, Saturday morning, uh, up on the roof, scraping pigeon poop out of the, out of the, uh, out of the coop. Uh, that's how I learned, uh, earned my allowance, but then also learned how to take care of the birds as well. Uh, but it was very fun. It was very fun. Uh, now they have, you know, to your point, now they have like these little bands on the bottom of their feet that track them. So once they cross through the pigeon coop, the sensor goes off and then it, it, it stops the clock. Wow. But back, yeah. Back in the day, they used to not have that. Yeah. Yeah. They call they called that uh poor man's, uh, horse racing, pigeon yeah. racing. Yeah. And it was and very, competitive, very competitive. So the reason we got talking about this was we were talking about amino acids, which led us to talking about leucine. Mm-hmm. And how leucine, when you have amino acids, when you're working with amino acids, you could have EAAs. You could put them in water, put a blender in there, and everything will disappear, but the leucine will float to the top. And leucine stinks. It smells bad. We were talking about that, right? Yep. Okay. So I said to Ronnie, I said, um, th- this is how I found out that his family had pigeons. I said, uh, have you ever smelled a wet chicken or a wet pigeon? And he goes, yeah, wet pigeons. And that's how we got on that. I said, think about it. Leucine smells like wet pigeon. And he goes, you know, you're right. It's like a cross between a dog's ear and mold (laughs) smell. Like it's a musty smell. And I said, you know why that is? Because all the amino acids we take today come from avion feathers, Mm -hmm. which means that the reasons chickens smell the way they do when they're wet the reasons pigeons smell the way they do when they're wet is because of the leucine content in their feathers. Because that's what you're smelling. You're smelling the leucine. When I was a kid, I should have just took the feathers off the uh, off the birds and just chewed them. Ate them. Yeah, except you would have got avian flu then or something like that. Yeah, something like that. So. See, the, see the useless information you gather from spending time listening to this show? Now you can tell people – Leucine smells like that, but that's, that's the way chickens smell when they're wet because of the leucine. There you go. Great show. Great show. Today was a great show. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Please share the show. And those of you out there in the personal training business, I hope you take this information to heart. The studies will be up with this show. Download them. Go walk into a doctor's office and ask to speak to the office manager. Treat it like you are a rep for a pharmaceutical company. And... Have a little packet you can leave behind that shows your certification, that shows the plan that you're going to use with these people, and then ask them. Say, let me work with some of your patients. I'll promise you they'll thank you for it. And boom, boom, you've got clients, and you can go to their house. You don't have to have a gym or a gym membership. Oh, sorry about that. Ghost in the system. 
Mm-hmm. That's it for today's show. I hope everybody enjoyed it, shared it, prosper from it. And uh, Ronnie, we'll see you soon, brother. I appreciate you. Have a good week, bud. Uh, you too. And we'll see you, everybody. I'm off tomorrow. We'll see you Monday. We have a great show planned Monday. Don't forget to be here.